Brian, that's great. And it sounds like a lot of the application of blockchain, as far as you've been looking at it, has been primarily number one in the healthcare domain, number two, more specifically in the application to clinical trials um, and uh, the pharmaceutical. Given your background, it, that makes a lot of sense. I'm interested also to hear a little bit, given your degree in uh, digital ledgers, what other areas do you see a successful implementation of blockchain being critical to the future of that industry? So, you know, that's really a very difficult question. I think blockchains will have an impact on numerous verticals, right? I think whenever what we really need to do, I think, is to step away a little bit and really take a very deliberate approach thinking about what are blockchain technologies, which is a word I really hate to use. I like to call them sophisticated ledgers to a certain degree. Where are they, what are they really good at? Thinking about those things. And then after that, looking at those places in specific use cases in across industries where it makes sense. So what, at the end, what, is blockchain. And I think, honestly, if I had to describe it, I would say it's, like I said before, the underlying fabric that allows actually Bitcoin to succeed. It's a new way to store small amounts of data and build applications on those small data payloads um, that we could never build before. What is really, really interesting about putting all of the different capabilities about blockchains together is that it permits diverse economic, diverse entities with diverse economic interests to maintain a single truth without costly re reconciliation and with a minimized need for trust. So it allows us to collaborate where we were never able to collaborate in the past. It allows us to collaborate where it is not natural for us to collaborate because we are naturally competitive. In their most robust form, a blockchain or a sophisticated ledger is decentralized. It is distributed, it is immutable, and it is often public. So I know that blockchains are pretty much a buzzword at the moment, but it's so much more. And like I said, um, they, I tend to want to call them something else, like a sophisticated ledger, whenever I think about their use in the enterprise or in other large institutions. What are blockchains really able to do? I think there are four really fundamental capabilities or things that they bring. And whenever you put them under the umbrella of a blockchain, for real, then you really have something that's innovative. I think that the first thing that blockchains offer, and all of these properties or capabilities are related to basic cryptographic sort of operations that we've been toying with for decades. I think the first thing is that they offer an enormous address space or a key space. In theory, just as an example, um, that address space or key space is incredibly important for things like identity management, 
um, product tracking, um, device identities, all of those kinds of things. And whenever you think about how large the key space can be, just think about this for one second. You know, the total number of estimated grains of sand on the earth <laughs> numbers 10 to the 24th. However, the total number of possible valid Bitcoin addresses numbers 1.5 times 10 to the 48th. So having that enormous key space allows us to use that key space as an identifier, as, an, as a pointer, as a tracking sort of system. And under a blockchain, well-managed, that's actually really quite interesting. Secondly, I think that blockchains are very good at, again, related to the basic cryptographic uh, operations that we've been using for decades, at access control. And when I say access control, what I mean is that it offers us a real way to replace what we use now for access control, logins, usernames, and passwords, something relatively static, easy to overcome in many ways. And we can replace that with, honestly, cryptographic challenges that are very, very hard to break. Finally, I mean, not finally, third, I would say that in the context of a blockchain with these cryptographic operations, what we have additionally is digital scarcity. And what we see there is that the, great, the best manifestation of that is that it permits value transfer. Where Commonly, in the, for the past eight years, we've seen that in cryptocurrencies, digital assets, very first time. But now we have a way to manage that digital asset, that scarce cryptographic digital asset, and use it as a mechanism for value transfer. In the healthcare space, an enormous part of our economy, an enormous amount of funds go back and forth, an enormous opportunity for blockchains to actually facilitate and increase the efficiencies and reduce the cost in that space. And finally, I would have to say that digital immutability is something that in a blockchain is the first time that we've actually truly seen this. In the past, it was easy to change a record in a database. Now it is no longer easy to change a record in a database. So under digital immutability, what I would have to say is it, these are the notarial properties and, and, and capabilities of a blockchain, the very strong time stamping abilities of a blockchain, which are enormously valuable, not just in the healthcare space, but in many other verticals. And I would have to say that the trust minimized properties of blockchain technologies or sophisticated ledger technologies in, in many ways comes heavily from the, the digital immutability aspect. So where we need a single longitudinal record collaboratively maintained by diverse entities with diverse economic interests, blockchains are incredibly interesting. 
in healthcare, for example, the medical record, in the past, I would be very careful to write a note. And that note would always follow the previous note and would be and would precede the next note. You know, so it was each note was a, a state change transaction. However, whenever we had the paper records, I was never sure whether somebody removed a page from the record or shuffled the pages. That is no longer possible with a blockchain. And that is very interesting at a point where we can actually bring that to medical records or banking is another situation where we need to know what the current state is and we need to change state from this balance to that balance. Other industries have very similar situations as well, where multiple entities must contribute to a single record, single truth. Thank you for, for taking the time to, to explain your uh, perspective. It sounds like what your, the, your, your sort of assessment of it is that blockchain may have an impact on a variety of verticals. And it's not so much about it being a necessity as much as in potential verticals where the appropriate characteristics have been identified of what a specific use case for these characteristics could be and are of benefit, that is where there is a road for blockchain to potentially help achieve those successful outcomes. No, absolutely, that's correct. In that regard, you bring up one example which I found there to be quite a bit of divisiveness in conversation when it comes to blockchain in particular which is the electronic healthcare record. There's been billions of dollars thrown into this industry. And recently, I understand there's been a number of even conferences in the past year around applying blockchain to healthcare records. In your sense, is the problem of the healthcare system one which should be directly addressing, let's say, the idea of the healthcare record as it has been? Or is it more so to understand the dynamic of the patient and healthcare provider, uh, thereby shifting the elements of what that relationship could be towards a more successful possible healthcare solution? In other words, is this right now a prime opportunity for what many may describe as a broken healthcare system to almost be rising from the ashes like the Phoenix through the use of blockchain? Or is it one where we try to apply the band-aid of blockchain to the healthcare system? I would say that we are very much at an embryonic stage, okay? I would say that um, blockchains will not be the savior of healthcare because healthcare is really quite broken in some ways. I think that blockchains will allow us to, or has a great potential to allow us to re-engineer a lot of these frustrating, often analog, often digital, I mean, often analog processes pretending to be digital. <laughs> it, it will allow us to re-engineer those processes into a way where, into a form that will 
truly be digital, I think, that will truly allow us to interoperate. And I'll speak to that a little bit later. And it'll allow us to interoperate between diverse healthcare systems and let's say the FDA and the HHS and um, the emergency room and the, you know, the private emergency room down the corner, it'll allow us to re-engineer the most frustrating processes. But we are far from having an all-encompassing solution right away. I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think the four areas where I said in the past that um, that blockchains are really good. If I look at those things, right, um, those are the areas I think that I would actually be looking at in healthcare to see where we can apply that. So in the ID space, you know, it's really quite frustrating in the United States in that there has been resistance at the legislative level to a proper sort of identification system for the healthcare system. I think that's actually not the right way to think about it to, to, to a certain degree, yeah? We do need an ID system that is universal within the healthcare system. But what I really think is we need a, an ID system that is not unique to the healthcare system, but that can function in the financial industry or the insurance industry or healthcare or for your driver's license. That would be ideal if we did not have to now carry four digital IDs, like we carry four card IDs in our wallets, but rather come to one single ID system. That I think is one specialized function that blockchains can take care of in particular to the healthcare system. Second thing is, there's privileged information in healthcare. We need consents. We need to know that someone or some entity has the right to either prescribe or to share a medical record or to you know, benefit from insurance benefits of, under a certain policy. And this idea of um, you know, access control and cryptographic challenges built into that system is great. Now, the only thing is, should we implement one just for healthcare? Well, healthcare is a huge sector of the economy, and that will, maybe it's justified to have one specific one for healthcare, right? But I hope that within the healthcare vertical, that the different entities might be reusing the same building block. And the same goes for value transfer, and I think the same goes for the notarial and digital immutability aspects. Now, for us at Blockchain Health, what you see is that, you know, we see different areas that are related to health. So under the medical informatics or the clinical informatics sections, that's all the IT and the systems that are useful for the delivery of healthcare in, in healthcare settings used by caregivers, physicians, practitioners, um, as, and, you know, the institutions and, and the patients. On the other side, there's a whole other aspects, like my company works at the moment mostly with pharmaceutical companies. You know, 
However, we have interaction with the patients because we have to collect and record their consents for a number of different things. And also we try to secure the sharing of really privileged information. So that's one aspect. We sort of bridge the medical informatics and the sort of, you know, pharmaceutical industry. But all on the other side, believe it or not, there is everything that entails the huge area of bioinformatics. We are coming into the age of big data for medicine and research, for healthcare, and now we have the opportunities to analyze that data and come to conclusions that we would have never been able to come to before. But that relies on, honestly, really, really knowing that everyone has adhered to their experimental designs and um, frictionless sharing of that personal health information. So healthcare is such a huge area and it's really hard to wrap our heads around it, but I think we're going to be, for the next few years, building these elemental building blocks, hopefully, that we will be reusing to build second-tier and third-tier applications with business logic built into them. I hate to say smart contracts, but business logic built into them in a way that we can be certain when we look at those records that we know the author, we know that they had permission, we know the order in which events occurred, and we know that we don't have to necessarily rely on somebody else's or some other computer telling us. We don't rely on testimony, but that things generally become mathematically verifiable. And whenever you build such a system like this, it becomes highly and continuously auditable, and all that scrutinize that system or those records from the regulator, from the internal audit, from your patients, from your customers, they should find some comfort in that, hey, I can verify this myself and I can develop a valid picture of what has happened in the past.